Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, President of Texas Values. Great to be with you here on another glorious week in the state of Texas. Hope that you're enjoying your week. And I know there's a lot of things going on this weekend, if you will. The early voting has started in Texas. I was down in Guadalupe County. I say down. You know, we broadcast and tape the show in the Austin area. I'll talk about my time in Guadalupe County with the Republican women's group that I spoke to earlier this week and some other things that we've been involved in as an organization. We've got our big gala coming up in about three and a half weeks, the Texas Values Gala. It's the Faith, Family, and Freedom Gala. It's going to be in the Dallas-Fort Worth area this year. It's in Irving. You're not going to want to miss it. Michelle Bachman is our keynote speaker this year, former member of Congress. She also ran for president. You know, when Ted Cruz became a U.S. senator, they called him the Michelle Bachman of the Senate, just to give you an idea of what she's all about. She now is on the board of Family Research Council and does a lot of great work for Faith, Family, and Freedom. She's going to be our keynote speaker. We're going to have numerous uh, state senators, Texas House members that are going to be there. But I want to get into the show here with our first guest, because speaking of state senators, there has been a lot of talk about this gentleman over the past two or three weeks. Our guest today on the Texas Values Report is State Senator Pete Flores. He is the newest member of the Texas State Senate. I got to go to the swearing-in ceremony a week or so ago, and so it's great to talk with him. Senator Flores, welcome to the Texas Values Report. Well, thank you very much for allowing me to visit with you all. Well, it's exciting. You know, it was just a week and a half ago or so, I don't know, has it been two weeks now that you were being sworn in on the floor of the state Senate packed house? Was it one week or two weeks? Time has been flying these days. Well, time, yes, time's been flying. It's, it was on the 12th. <laughs> so uh, so two uh, weeks ago. Uh, yes, sir. Yeah, so two weeks ago we were there. My team was there and <clears> hundreds <throat> of people, if not thousands. I mean, the state Senate floor was packed. There were several people in the gallery. The lieutenant governor was there. But let's talk about how you got there, okay? So a lot of people don't realize that there was a state Senate election just um, about a month ago because most of the elections are going on now leading up to the main day of November 6th. But what happened was, and you can correct me if I'm wrong or if I leave out some important details, but there's a state Senate seat that largely is in San Antonio, but then in a lot of more rural areas, Laredo and so on. I'll go through all the counties here in just a minute. But, I mean, you've got, um, let me back up here for a second. The, you've got uh, Crockett, you've got Bear County, Brewster, um, Atascosa. Who, who else do we have? Valverde, Uvalde. I won't go through the whole list because there's several. But here's what happened. State Senator Carlos Uresti was holding on to that seat, was indicted, was sentenced to prison. So there was a seat vacancy, if you will. And so there needed to be a special election. There was a special election, but that didn't end things. There was a runoff. And I will tell you, a lot of people just figure this has been a Democrat seat for as long as we can remember. I figure, I forget how far it goes back into the 1800s. And so people a lot probably just expected, oh, it's probably going to be another Democrat that wins to fill the seat. But that's not how it turned out. So talk to us a little bit about how you got into the race and why it's significant. And I'll just say one thing that's significant. You're the first Republican Hispanic member of the Texas Senate. And as Lieutenant Governor said, he expects there to be more. 
thank you. Uh, yes, the Senate District 19 uh, runs from uh, it's uh, pretty much a, a third of the city of San Antonio and Bear County, and uh, and then we have 16 other counties, including Atascosa, where I live in Pleasanton, and runs to Eagle Pass and 400 miles up the Rio Grande to to uh, Brewster County to Alpine and Fort Stockton and all the way to the New Mexico line at Pecos, uh, the back to Ozona and back to the Hill Country and. And Edwards and Real and on a big red Medina and uh, and then back to uh, Bear. So it's uh, uh, geographically one of the largest uh, senatorial districts in the United States. Um, uh, so we're one of 31 districts. Uh, I ran first ran for that seat uh, in, during the 2016 presidential cycle against Carlos Oreste, and where we we pulled off 97,600 votes. So we knew that it was a vulnerable seat, uh, you know, within five points. Uh, that if we just put a little time and effort, uh, you know, that it was it was definitely vulnerable. Um, and uh, but it's been held by Democrats uh, for 139 years. That's <clears throat> and, a long and, uh, time. I, and I'm going to stop yeah, you there for pretty, just a second. Time. And I'm going to turn my laptop around because we are Facebook Live. If you can see, here's a picture of the newest state center, Pete Flores. He's on the line with me. You can hear him. Um, audio talking. He's got his cowboy hat on. And so let me talk, um, Senator Flores, back up for a second just to fill in a little bit of details about your background because, look, and this isn't, uh, it's not because you didn't do your work, but I imagine a lot of people have never heard of you before or they're just getting to know you for the first time and they certainly are going to want to get to know you. But I mean, they're impressed, they're excited, they're encouraged. Many of them are probably shocked to some degree, those on the Republican side. But Senator Pete Flores grew up in South Texas. He went to high school in Laredo, attended Laredo Junior College, and then got his degree from Texas A&M. I am a UT graduate, so I'm not going to say what y'all say, but you can when you come back on. He's the first Hispanic director of law enforcement for the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department. He has a majority of his life has been as a game warden for the Texas Parks and Wildlife, retired in 2012 as a colonel and you know i was really excited i want you to talk about your faith a little bit more in just a second but you know you had i believe a priest there from the catholic parish where you attend and you're a member and i heard you also mix in a little bit of spanish into the ceremony you know for a guy like myself who uh, my dad's from south texas and you know my dad is fluent in spanish but didn't speak a lot of it as a kid growing up but you know he'd mix in some words every now and then and you know to have your phrase in there viva cristo rey just a lot of i just felt a lot of your personality a lot of authenticity and a lot of i would what i would imagine you hear a lot in that district this is who you are this is your identity and that identity is so closely related and tied to the identity of many Texans, particularly those of us like myself that are fifth generation. And so I was really excited to see your personality come out and for Republicans to continue to embrace that. And not to suggest that they don't, but sometimes there can be that impression that, you know, whether or not the the Republican Party is all that welcoming to Hispanics or, you know, don't say, you know, don't use Spanish words every now and then. Some things you may hear people see or, or say or believe, but I don't think that's true of the Republican Party these days. Well, it's not. I, I've been a Republican since I was 18 years old, and, uh, and I, I did that because the values of that we represent uh, are, are reflective of the values that I have, and indeed, uh, probably of most of the people of 
Southwest Texas and Texas. We believe in God, family, and country, and that that's pretty much most uh, all of us. And uh, we 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 were unapologetic into that. That we we didn't uh, cater to the narratives of, of the media or the left or or politically correctness. We just we just dealt with correctness, and uh, and so when we do our messaging at, with the Southwest Texas, and you have um, you know these perceptions of, of uh, well, don't go there, that's, a, that's dominated by Democrats, and, and so don't spend the time. Well, that's been something that, uh, that we didn't do. We, we, had, we went everywhere to all communities. Uh, you know, for three years, we worked uh, hard, uh, the, uh, our grassroots organization, and uh, we, 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 uh, we said unapologetic on our, on our stand and what, what we stand for, and and it's really quite reflective of a very conservative-minded population in Southwest Texas and in Texas in general. Uh, and uh, it's just that we had to get out and uh, and say, you know, we, we believe this, and so did they. And uh, then we dealt with the issues that were, you know, most important core issues uh, to to them, and stayed out of the weeds. And uh, and and uh, it, uh, over time, it's. It, proved to be very successful and something that we need to continue to do to to get out and as we said earlier uh you know facetime makes miracles and you got to show up no that's you're absolutely right you're absolutely right you got to show up we're talking with state senator pete flores the newest member of the texas senate and you know your election ensures a strong majority, a supermajority, if you will, in the Texas Senate of Republicans. We'll see how things go uh, November 6th. And I don't expect any of those numbers to change based on the election. But, you know, we'll see how that turns out. And that'll be confirmed when the election results come in. But I do think your race and your victory got a lot of attention. But to your point, I don't think a lot of people were aware of the hard work you have been doing for many years and include me in that group. Now, you and I, I think for the first time, met earlier this year. And so, but, you know, look, whether or not you and I met before that is not indicative of the type of work you do. The work you're doing is in the district. It's also about the people you know in that community. We've done a few events in South Texas, but I'm not sure they were in uh, this particular Senate district. They were in, um, I'm going to back up here, in Far Texas, um, close to um, the Harlingen area, also down in, um, I'm forgetting some of the cities, um, I'll remember in just a second, in that region, but I think that that's Eddie Lucio's Senate district. Nonetheless, talk to us about the outcome of the election, the numbers, and and what, um, you know, maybe kind of how, why that matters. And I, and I know it was close, but you, but you won, and that's historic for that area. Yes, uh, we it, when when Winter came to uh, when Senator Odeste vacated the seat due to his convictions uh, in federal court, uh, then uh, eight a field of eight came in in the first round. Uh, and special elections are jungle elections. In other words, it's not primaries. It's it's all everybody all in, all mixed together. Uh, Democrats, Republicans, Independents, uh, you know, uh, it's uh, Libertarians, it's uh, whoever, it's whoever throws in is that that's it. That's called it a jungle election. And so that was the first round, <clears throat> eight people in, in there, uh, three Republicans, uh, one Libertarian, and all the other were Democrats. And, of course, you know, the, the, the media and, uh, and the pundits all said that you know, it was between uh, you know, um, 
Representative Gallego and and, and uh, Representative Gutierrez and <clears throat> the rest of us were just you know no problem. But as it turned out on the 31st, the night of the 31st, they underestimated our our ground game and our organization and, and our grassroots in in the district. And uh, although we were uh, they were out uh, outspent us. Uh, for example, Representative Gutierrez spent five hundred thousand dollars, and I had less than fifty. And uh, and and uh, Representative Gallego had spent about one hundred fifty thousand, <clears throat> but nevertheless we came out first, and shocked them, and but it didn't shock us because we had you know we had a good ground game. We worked hard. We we believed that it was possible, uh, and uh, and were relentless. And uh, so we went to we got to runoff. So it went to between myself and and uh, Representative Gallego, <clears throat> and. Uh, and of course, then again, uh, we had uh, great support from across the board, uh, the full spectrum of the party and the supporters, uh, in, including your organization and Lieutenant Governor and the Governor, and the, you know where people, uh, where organizations in the spectrum of our party would normally not get together on things. Well, the one thing they agreed and worked together on was our election. Uh, so we 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 got uh, some ground support and financial support and uh, from across the board, uh, and combined with our grassroots organization. Proved to be uh, um, you know, the undoing of of the Democrats in this particular Senate district, and we well run by a resounding uh, seven points. Well, it certainly helps to have the support of <clears throat> Governor Greg Abbott, very popular in that area in South Texas. Many of us know how well he did in South Texas by the large numbers that he defeated Wendy Davis four years ago, um, when people felt like. She was going to be such a strong candidate in showing because of her liberal Democrat views and that that would really play well with Democrats along the border and along some of those areas in South Texas. They didn't because oftentimes people may be identified or they may people's impression may be that they're a Democrat. But when they start finding out what some of these Democrats stand for, particularly faith and family believing Hispanics, they will certainly vote for a different party. And I think that's what we saw in your race as well. We saw that with Governor Abbott, but you're right. You got his support. You got Ted Cruz's support, Lieutenant Governor Patrick, um, U.S. Senator John Cornyn. Those certainly helped. We got involved. And, and well, I would say we we have a partner organization called Texas Values Action that does do endorsements. And that entity did get involved, but that didn't come until later. A lot of people did hard work before it ever got to that point, and they're to be commended because of the leading to victory. But let's talk about that for a second and just to give people some context here and an idea as now elections are going on. Early voting started this Monday in case people out there listening are not aware Early voting started on October 22nd and runs for two weeks. The main election day is November 6th. So you can vote in a lot, a variety of places in your county during early voting. But once we get to election day, there's only one, typically one place that you can go vote. A lot of people probably had made up their mind about how your election would turn out. Talk to people about why it's important to not take anything for granted as we're in the middle of one of the most talked about elections, not only in Texas, but across the country. Well, that, thank you. Uh, first of all, that this, this uh, midterm election uh, is, is uh, extremely important uh, to the direction and future of not only Texas, but our nation as a whole uh, and, and the state of our constitutional republic. 
because that's what we are, a constitutional republic. And, uh, you know, founded, uh, you know, one nation under God and uh, with, with values firmly entrenched in our Constitution. And uh, it, those, those are the things that are critically at stake right now. So the key here is, is to do the same thing we did with our election. This is an all-hands-on-deck operation. This is no time to stay home. There's no time to say you know, things are a done deal. If anything, our election proved that nothing is a done deal unless you say so. And you do that by exercising your vote. You're the most powerful person on earth, the American voter. You hire folks and you fire folks and you make the direction of our nation and our state possible by your vote. So now is the time to get you, yourself, your families, everybody, all hands on deck and go vote. Vote straight Republican ticket. Very important to do so. And, uh, and, and, and don't, you know, don't take anything for granted. And nothing's a done deal. And, and make things happen. Keep our constitutional republic intact. Well, look, I mean, you certainly can't take anything for granted. I know I've seen elections come down to four votes. There was a Texas House race um, eight or ten years ago where former <laughs> UT lineman Dan Neal was running as a Republican against a very liberal Democrat, Donna Howard, here in the Austin area. And he lost by four votes, if you can imagine that. Yes. And so you can't take anything for granted. There's no question about that. And, you know, Lee, people are talking about is the seat going to be red, blue, and people have their ideas. You know, I don't think there's, you know, there's probably very few races where people can comfortably say they know certainly that they're going to win. And those are the kind of, if you do have that mindset, oftentimes those are the ones that get you beat. And so now, look, there are some areas of the state where I, I wouldn't say it's unreasonable for people to conclude, okay, this is a safe seat that's red or blue, but, you know, you really just never know. And so I, I think it's important for people, and also it's important for people individually to not just let your vote sit there. Be a part of the process. Go and vote. We've got information at freevotersguide.com where you can see about that. Senator Flores, before we lose you, I want to talk a little bit about your personal background as it relates to your faith. <clears throat> Um, I, I know it's something we saw on display during the swearing-in ceremony. Your very strong Christian faith. Talk to us about those uh, early days, if you will, or, or what it's rooted in, why it matters to you, and why it's important in regarding how you represent people in elective office. Well, I'm a I'm a Catholic. I go to St. Andrews in Pleasanton, Texas, and uh, you know, of course, especially as it relates to our my position on on uh, life. You know, I believe in, in life and conception to death, and that's that's something that's in uh, my convictions, my religious convictions, and uh, you know, not not negotiable. And uh, it's uh, you know, strong family, uh, you, you know, based on the tenets, uh, you know, of our commandments, and uh, and you know, to to live a good life, and uh, and uh, you know, it's it's uh, quickly about uh, my priest, uh, Father Mesh, had, had told a, a parable about it, you know. A pig and a cow talking on the farm, and the pig said, "I'm not very popular enough with the farmers." And I, I give them ham, I give them bacon, uh, and I give them, some, you know, leather, uh, you know. And uh, and they asked the cow why she was so popular, and the cow said, "Well, uh, I give them milk, and I serve them while I'm alive." And so it's about doing what you, while you're alive and doing public service uh, and serving your community, your family, and uh, it, it's it's what it's what the faith is is all about. And um, so. That's that's in my it's carried on in my life as a public servant uh, 
as a, as a peace officer, uh, you know, and and and, uh, and and deeply framed my my service uh, that uh, that I'm to serve and not be served, and that's what I'll bring to the legislature. Well, I couldn't have said it any better than that, you know, and 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 it was. I mean, your your faith was on display there. You talk about the priest from your Catholic parish where you're a member being there, really speaking just some very important and inspirational words on the Senate floor. It's great to be in a state where we defend that. And that should be the case in any state where you've got a lieutenant governor who will defend wherever he needs to be the right for people to express their religious beliefs. And even in government buildings, in a ceremony such as important as a swearing-in ceremony, taking those oaths, making promises, not only to constituents, but to God about upholding our Constitution, upholding our U.S. and Texas Constitution, and standing up for those principles. And so we look forward to seeing you serve in the Senate. And it's kind of interesting because your race is a special seat, so you're not on the November ballot. People, I think there are a lot of people, too, that were like, wait, he got elected and now he doesn't have to run in November. He's in the Senate already. Oh my goodness! And so yes. you're in yeah. your your term as far as being on the legislature doesn't start until January. But your service to the Texas people has already started. But it is an example and a reminder of how important elections are. How important it is for people to go out and vote to not take anything for granted. Senator Flores, I want you to know we're going to continue praying for you as you settle into this position. We're excited that you were able to come on to the show today, and we look forward to working with you in the Texas Senate very soon. Thank you very much. And uh, just a quick uh, historical tidbit, another one that I had the honor and privilege that the, the Bible I was sworn on was Sam Houston's Bible. Wow. And so, so that was a, that not only a great honor to be to put my hand on the Holy Bible, but, it, but to have to belong to the first president of our republic was was uh, something quite remarkable. Well, it's hard to get much more historic than that in Texas. Senator Flores, God bless you. Thanks for being on the Texas Values Report. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, that was great to have Senator Flores on getting a lot of attention these days with such a important victory at the uh, polls, an election victory, a, a, a you know, uh, I'm trying to come up with the word here. I'm struggling today. What's going on? An upset. I mean, I think it's fair to say that. I mean, people, this Senate seat was held by Democrats, as you heard him say, for 130 years. First Hispanic Republican to be elected to the Texas Senate. And not that we're going to get into cutting up a whole lot of demographics. I mean, you know, I, I'm Hispanic myself. That doesn't, I, I, we're not, it matters just because I think there's a lot of times preconceptions of how elections are going to go and what particular parties stand for. and But that is historic. And so I think it's, you know, and it's a recognition of what the people in that district care about. And it's not so much about if you're one ethnicity or another. It's about what principles you stand for. And so I think there's a tremendous value in there. Uh, but look, you know, wherever you come from, if you stand for these values of faith, family, and freedom— you'll get a lot of support in Texas no matter what district you run in. And I think that's indicative in the victory for Senate Senator Pete Flores. And so speaking of elections, you heard me remind you, the elections are going on now. I haven't voted yet, okay? Don't tell anybody, all right? But I have not voted yet. I'll be voting soon. We were doing a lot of work this week to help other people become educated. I had a little bit of travel in my schedule. I was down in Guadalupe County, 
earlier this week with a great group of Patriots and Texans in Seguin, of all places. Okay, why is the city named Seguin? Because there was a Texas hero in Patriot named Juan Seguin that was a part of the Texas forces that fought for victory for the Republic of Texas that then ended up becoming the state of Texas. So the city's named after Juan Seguin, who um, I, I have to look back at my history notes again, I think led the Texian or was a part of leading the Texian army at that time. He played a significant role in Texas's victory for freedom against Mexico at the time, getting that independence. I talked about a little trivia when I was there, okay? Great group of people out there. The Republican women in Guadalupe County treated me very well, very nice meal at lunch, passed out a ton of our materials, which is always helpful. And a lady said this. She said, there are only two emails that I never delete, and the Texas Values email is one of them. I thought that was very nice. Uh, I won't forget that for a while. So, But I did a little trivia question. To give away one of our Texas Values coffee mugs with a little logo. And I asked them, there's, you know, there's another Texas history person, a, a Texas founding father, if you will, Lorenzo de Zavala, who was a part of writing the Texas Declaration of Independence. Uh, he was from Mexico, but ended up uh, seeing that the, the fight for freedom in Texas was righteous. And so he ended up supporting that. But I said there's another last name that he has. You know, a lot of people from Mexico, you know, have more than one last name, if you will, or there's more of a family name tied in. So it's Lorenzo de Zavala and or with the letter Y to signify uh, E to signify and. So Lorenzo de Zavala and and nobody knew the answer. So I didn't give them some hints. okay? and so I said "Um, it's a name that kind of has something to do with me. And so someone finally said signs. Oh, yes. So his last name is Lorenzo de Zavala y Signs. And so I learned that about five or six years ago when I was doing some work to defend talking about him and others in Texas history in our Texas school books. So just a little trivia for you. And so I got to connect all these dots someday to find out if my heritage does go back to some of those founding fathers. Who knows? There may be a connection I have with one of our founding fathers in Texas, Lorenzo de Zavala. But that's for another day. Go to TXValues.org today. Go to TXValuesAction.org today to get information about the elections. There's plenty of time to vote. Don't make excuses. Make a difference. And find a way to vote and support us financially as well. You can donate to our work at TXValues.org or TXValuesAction.org. And we'll talk to you next week on the Texas Values Report.